All right, let's go. So he says like this: Vahinyan who dehine oyfena his bonus bekriyishmava, bavaya echad who behefach legame by his bonus pezuka de zimra. Okay, so we we like we we started this idea last yesterday, but let's uh, let's try to deal. Let's try to figure this out again. So bechlal, what he's saying is that everything that we discussed, right by the his bonus of pezuka de zimra. Right now, we're going to say the opposite thing with regards to the hisbonus of of Krishna. Right? That's the idea. Why? The hisbonus the pesukah zimra who eich shenishavu ha'olamos me'ain liyesh. So the idea of the hisbonus the pesukah zimra is the focus on how Hashem is creating the worlds me'ain liyesh. Bahainu. What does that mean? Right, this is what we were focusing on yesterday. The objective here is the idea of a metzias a yesh, that there should be a form of yeshiness. There's a form of a being. I'm on Yud Gimel in this book. I don't know. You have to look on the side of the page, right? We did this. We did this line yesterday. Right? The only thing is, is that as much as that there's a metzias of something here, whether we're talking about a person, a bird, a tree, right, a rock, whatever it is, and that metzias a yesh, right, is being created ma'ayin every single instant. So there's this kayach aloki that's going into it. So what's the meditation here? The meditation is in the hafla, the wondrousness of the bringing into being of a something. Where is this something coming from? And nothing, right? All of a sudden, now you don't have the regular concept of ilva al, right? That's the opposite concept. The opposite concept of yesh is ilva al. Ilva al means I can see that there's a step-by-step process here, right? I look at this table. I realize that the world did not create tables. What I see here is I see wood, I see metal, right? I could understand that this tabletop was not growing in nature somewhere. I could understand that there was wood and it was cut down from a tree and they pressed it into this tabletop and et cetera, et cetera. They had metal. Where is the metal coming from, right? There's metal in the world. They melted it together, they, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, that's ilva'al. Ilva'al means I see one thing, and I can look at it and I can dissect it in order to be able to see the steps that we got to step, you know, to the place we're at right now. We obviously, but it was not created this way. It obviously was created in a different way and put it together, and now it looks like this. Right? That's the concept of Ilwa'al. Tables don't grow on trees? Tables do not grow on trees. Uh-huh. On the other hand, the whole concept of Yeshme Ayin is that when I'm seeing something, I don't see the source of that thing. I do not see the source of that thing. That's the concept of, of Yeshme Ayin. There is no source. Yeah, what are you saying? So like, it's, so like um, so how, how, that was like thinking, like how he says, how he says, um, like how he, how he, how he created like it's like we're focusing that it's still a creation, it's still like something to be created. Yeah, every single second he's creating it, right? Because he's forcing it to be an entity, right? 
there is no entity and now there is an entity, right? The famous, right, mashalim from the concept of yesh me'ayin versus il ba'al, right? The, what do we know? Like the concept of il ba'al, the example that's given throughout Hasidus is if you take a kiddush cup, for example, you realize that the kiddush cup was not growing on a tree, like you said. Where did it come from? It came from a block of silver, right? The block of silver, all that happened with the block of silver was that they changed the shape, right? It was a block of silver, and now it's a cup. Well, how did it get to be a block of silver? Well, someone, you know, whereas, uh, you know, taking little pieces of silver, right? And they finally gathered a bunch of pieces of silver together, and they melted it into a block, right? Well, where did that come from, right? In other words, you could constantly be tracing it back. And because you're not creating a something, you're just changing the shape of it. Therefore, it does not require anyone to stand over it and constantly create it. So, in other words, the artist that makes this Kiddush cup, once he makes the Kiddush cup, he no longer has to be involved in any part of the process. So, he's selling it in a store in Sfas, for example, in the artist you know, colony, and like this beautiful Kiddush cup, whatever, and that's it. Now, the person buys it and he travels with it back to New York. You don't need the artist to be there anymore. You don't need the artisan to be there. It's not necessary. Why? Because he never really created anything. He just changed the shape of something that already was in existence. Right? That's the famous muscle for Ilva Al. What about Yeshme Ayin? Yeshme Ayin is the total opposite of this. Yeshme Ayin means that what? That you're forcing something to be that wasn't. So one of the examples that is given for Yeshmi Ayin is the concept of like throwing a rock up into the air, right? So if a rock goes whizzing by your head, you don't think to yourself, wow, look at that flying rock. You say, who threw the rock? Because it's going in the opposite direction of what a normal rock does. A normal rock sits on the floor. <coughs> That's what it's supposed to do. That's how it was created. But if it's all of a sudden going up into the air, right, all the kinetic energy that's surrounding the rock is pushing it up, is going to continue to push it up as long as the energy is there. Once the energy dissipates, so what's going to happen to the rock? The rock is going to fall back to, to its natural state of being. Right? This is the famous muscle for Yeshme Ayin. So now what? Let's try, you know, go back into the concept of the world. So this table is being created, Yeshme Ayin. This piece of wood is being created, Yeshme Ayin. In other words, it's the wood that someone changed the shape of to make it into a table, right? But where did the wood come from? Or go back to our example of the Kiddush cup. Where did the silver originally come from? So in other words, its original state of being is non-being, nothing. Therefore, it needs Hashem to constantly be forcing it out of its natural state of being. That's the concept of Yesh and so therefore, the Holy Zbainus of Pesukit Zimra is on this concept, is on this concept of what? Of something that's a pella, it's a wonder, that this is it, that this is how it's being created. Let's go further. So this is very wondrous. Okay, so this is one aspect. What does it mean, v'chein, here? V'chein means what? No, it doesn't mean the What? No, it doesn't mean that. Also, so now we're taking it, talking about a different aspect of the meditation of Pesukit Zimra. So aspect number one of Pesukit Zimra was on what? Was on what? The Hafla of Yeshme'ayin. 
That's the first aspect. Right? Aspect number two, another possible meditation of Sukkot Zimra is what? The Chain Beribu and Ivraim. What does that mean? The multitude of creations. Right? The actual multitude of creations. If you think about it, right? Why did Hashem make so many different types of, let's say, trees? Right? There are pine trees, and there are maple trees, and there are oak trees, and there are bamboo, and there are palm trees. Not and even within palm, with, even in, within palm trees, there are date palms and royal palms and this palm and that palm. Right? And, you know, he created so many different types of things. Or you talk about fish. Let's, you know, like fish in the world. Let's talk about sharks. I mean, how many different types of sharks are there? There are blue sharks and mako sharks and great white sharks and dusky sharks and brown sharks and sand sharks and lemon sharks and tiger sharks and leopard sharks and on and on and on and on, right? In other words, it's, it's mind-boggling. Forget about the numbers per each one. Just the different types of, of things that exist, right, is, 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 expands the mind. So what, what a person could do in, in terms of meditation is you start off with inanimate objects. Right? And you think about how many stones, different types of stones, sapphires and rubies and emeralds and diamonds and, and uh, you know, topaz and aquamarine and, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all the different types of those. And then on and on. And then you have different types of metals and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you have this stone. That's then you go into the idea of vegetables. How many different types of grasses? How many different types of trees? How many different types of, you know, you go to, the, even like you go to Home Depot, in the spring, to buy seeds for uh, tomato seeds. You have 20 different types of tomato seeds that they're selling there. You have beefsteaks, tomatoes, and you have uh, grape tomatoes, and you have cherry tomatoes, and you have, uh, you know, this types of tomato. It's like, it's like, why did Hashem do that? And then you start going into, you know, things like insects. And then you go into things like birds, and you have animals, and then human beings, I mean, and et cetera, et cetera. And you imagine every human being, Kanainahara, right, basically has the same attributes. They have two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, for example. They have two ears. In Baruch Hashem, most people are made that way. But yet, when you look around, no one looks the same. Why not? Right? We all have the same type of, we have basically the same thing. I mean, Nebuch, there are people that are born, you know, without these things. But for the large part, 99.9% of the people have these things, have these different, uh, you know, facial, uh, what is it? Facial what? Facial orifices. Orifices, okay. Orifices? Yeah, facial features. Okay, let's go with that. But yet, no one looks the same. Think about how incredible that is. That is just mind-boggling, right? So that's what he's saying here. This is all the chen beribu yanivrayim, right? That all these multitudes of creations. So when a person spends the time in meditation thinking about that, what happens is that his mind begins to expand. And he just starts to see like the greater expression of what's going on in the world. It's just unbelievable. Yes, David? Isn't that literally what David HaMelech is doing in the Hilulim of Sukhi de Zimra? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Why do I need, I need to make up my own meditation if I can just copy his work, his work? It's a very good question. And the answer is that you don't want to make up your own words that you're saying. Right. What you want to do, however, is you want to put yourself into a mindset that you're able to appreciate what's going on. So when you look into the mind, it, it expands your mind, right? It's, it's an expansive type of experience. Anyone ever tried to do this, it's like, like all of a sudden you start to think in a much bigger way. 
And then you say that all these things, this is all being created just from a ray of Hashem. In a multiplicity without any limit to it. So in other words, we talked about two different things here. We talked about the first meditation that we talked about is the idea of the idea of the mere the concept of Yeshmiyan Bechlal. The second thing we're talking about is focusing more on the different types of creations. And then he says, Vikamokane, move on Bizeb, Gedulas Hashem, Eshibara Hakolba Maimar Alavad. Right? And then you focus on uh, similarly the idea of how the greatness of Hashem, how he created all these things with one Maimer. Right? Aval However, the content of this idea is who are called right? That in all the worlds there's a, a, a some things. And that you have the energy of Hashem which is creating, which is making the worlds. Yeah? So all of this here, all of this that we're talking about right now, is is focused on a mixture of on the one hand, the creation and how big the creation is. And this is all just the creation, mitzad, the physical world that we've been talking about. We know that there's tens of thousands of tens of thousands, right, of malachim, right? And according to one opinion in the Gemara, every malach is, is uh, three times the size of the world, right? So if you imagine, like, that's... Like, wow, what does that mean even? Like, you know, like, like, how could that be? You know, it's like, it's just, it's just too big for my mind to even grasp. And yet, all of this is being created by Hashem in just a ha'ara, with only a ray of Hashem. What Gemara is that? There's a Gemara in Chagiga. It goes through all these different, okay, different levels of, of Hashem and climbing to the sky and all this stuff. So it says like this. So he says, Abal, right, so then... Aval, so all of this is focused on the many. On the many of the creation and how Hashem is creating everything from his from just a ray of himself. Right? He's not even putting himself into it, so to speak. Right? However, on the other hand, the meditation of Havaya Echad is the opposite of this. <coughs> How the worlds are bottled by Matthias. They're bottled by Matthias. <coughs> and how the worlds are not a yesh at all. Right? That therefore, even after the worlds were created, so this meditation is the complete opposite. Whereas we were focusing on the first meditation, about the creations, about the worlds, about how much and how many and how different and how, you know, etc., etc., right? The whole focus on yesh, yes, it's being created by Hashem, from a ha'ar of Hashem, but focus on yesh, 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 yesh. There is, there is, there is, there is. The opposite meditation of this is, is that there's nothing here. It's only Hashem. That Hashem Echad means that as much as you think that there's a world, there isn't. It's no world. It's all bottle. It's all nullified. It's all. It's non-existent. 
This is the idea here. That everything in front of Hashem is like just, a, it's a non-existence. Let's read that again. It's the opposite. But you can't even call them a yesh. So therefore, even after the worlds were created, in a complete way, like it was before the creation. Like a simple idea of this is like, for example, if you imagine, right, uh, everything, you make a, make a, um, uh, a, a world out of ice. You know, like sometimes in the winter time, in like uh, different places, in the, you know colder places, they make like all these ice sculptures of like these different things. So everything is made out of ice. Like let's say you have a post office made out of ice, and you have a right a house made of ice, and a school made of ice, and you have like a whole village made of ice. Right? It's all ice. Right? But that ice is only ice as long as it's lower than thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit. But really, what is it? Really, it's just water. But even that's not true. It's really just hydrogen and oxygen molecules. That's what it is. Quarks. So what is it? So what is it really? It's hydrogen and oxygen molecules. That's really what it is. So as soon as it turns, once you have a little bit of heat in this place, right, the whole world is, is just water. So which is it? Is it water? Is it ice? Is it hydrogen and oxygen molecules? And then, of course, you can go even further, like in the scientific example, right? We know that anyone that studied a little bit of uh, chemistry and biology, whatever, right? I don't even remember back in those days, right? It's like, right, everything is made out of atoms. And the atoms are what? 99.99999% empty space, right? And then what do you have inside the atoms? You have, right, you know, neutrons, electrons, protons, right? And they're just flying around or whatever. And that, you know, even that, those are made out of quirks. Right, and those quirks are what ninety nine point nine 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 percent empty space, and then you know, and you just keep on going back. So, what we're doing now is the opposite of what we did before. Whereas before we were focusing on the ice and how the amazing, how this is a post office and this is a school and this is a house and this is a you know government building, all made out of ice, and like how incredible that is that you can make these things out of ice, and it's true, on that level. But is it really something that's sustainable? No. Because once the temperature changes, all of a sudden, the whole thing is just going to disappear. So therefore, what is it really? Well, it's really water. But is it really water? No, it's not really water. It's really hydrogen and oxygen. Is it really hydrogen and oxygen? So that's only just a example of what we're talking about here. So what is it? So it depends. Right on the level of psukid zimra, we're looking at it from our with our 2020 vision, and it looks like a world. It looks like a rhino and a lion and a hippopotamus and a, and a person and a this and a, and that's true on that level. It's just that everyone realizes that all that is being created by a certain factor that's going into it called the God factor, and the God factor that's going into it is making all these things be the way they are. Both mitzad, number one, the colors and shapes and everything like that, that is an expression of Hashem's, right, uh, personality, so to speak, in a certain way, right? That, that's what it talks about in, in the Hasidus. Like, it's amazing. It could have made everything brown. Why isn't everything in the world brown? 
No, you see millions of different shades of colors in nature. Literally. Like, how incredible is that? That's an expression of Hashem putting color into the world. And not just color in terms of the color, but in terms of personalities, in terms of shapes, in terms of sizes, in terms of the beauty, incredible beauty that's happening in the world. Right? There's nothing more beautiful than just walking in nature and seeing it. Didn't have to be that way. This is all Hashem making it that way. <coughs> On the other hand, it's an idea that Hashem is putting it into existence. So that's all the side of Pesukit Zimra. Now let's talk about the opposite. The opposite is, is there really anything here? And the answer is, yes, only Hashem. Remember what I told you yesterday, though. The first meditation is much more realistic and less true. Right? Because it's much more real for me to say about myself that I exist, but I'm here because Hashem is making me exist. On the other hand, the much more real in terms of what is truer is the idea that there's nothing else here except for Hashem. But it's very hard for me to think in those terms because that implies that I'm not. And if I'm not, then what am I thinking? Yes, David. Uh, so, in that case, why do we say yesh ma'ayin and not yesh ma'abaya? No, because it's ayin mitzad, our perspective. It's being created from nothing that I see. Right. The right. question is, why don't we say ayin mi yesh? That's a better question. Oh, but the answer to that also, Hasidus talks about, because the bottom line is that we are looking at it from our perspective. From our perspective, we don't see Hashem. We just don't see it. Right? What we do see, me and the table and you. Right? I mean, if you think about we technically do. Then you say, like, like <coughs> there's no. Why we say Ein? Isn't it Tanya? What? Isn't Ein? Say that. Why do you call it nothing? Because Hashem is the, the truth. So you should say it's something. Right? It should be the other way around. That we're really the, the real nothing, and right. Hashem is really the real something. But that, but we're looking at it from our from our 2020 vision. That's what we're doing. Okay, let's go right there. So, <clears throat> so he says like this. Right? So everything is really the way it is, like before the creation. Like just like it was before the creation, that he was there by himself. Right? Also after the creation of the world. It's also like this. He is alone. Because all the worlds are totally nullified out of existence. Yeah? And even after they were created, they're in the same metzias. Right? Right? So what are we saying here? We're saying here that whether, you know, before, from the, before the creation to after the creation, there really is no difference, right? In other words, the fact that someone made the ice into a, into a post office, right, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's hydrogen and oxygen molecules. It's the same thing, right? It looks like a post office. That's the way it looks right now. That's the shape. But it's not really. It's really hydrogen and oxygen molecules. That's what it is. Right? And so therefore, it's not, there's nothing else here. If it's all made out of peanut butter, then this whole thing is peanut butter, and that's it. Right? So this is the idea. 
Kabish? Kabish? You're allergic to peanut butter. Okay, so we'll make it into uh, almond butter. Okay, almond butter. If everything's almond butter, it's almond butter, and that's what it is. So that's what he says now. Bahainu. Remember, Bahainu means we're going to explain it even more. That really, in fact, as much as we said before, the focus was on the fact that everything is a yesh. If you really think about it, nothing's a yesh. It's only the idea of kayachagvul. The kamok kayachagvul, shabbatzilus, etc., etc. Let's just think about what we just said. So, in other words, think about it like this: If a person, right, one of the one of the mashalim that's brought in the famous memory of Yedaita is, let's say, a person covers himself with his hand, right? It goes like this. Okay, now you can't see me, right? So. The point is that a person's hand is as much him. That's why it says in Shulchan Aruch, you can't cover your head with your hand in order to make a bracha, for example. Why not? I'm covering myself. Well, what are you covering yourself with? With me. So is my hand less me than my head? No, of course. A hand is as much me as my head is me, thank God. Right? That's the idea here. So now let's go back into, into the concepts of Hashem. What do we have? We have gvul and bligvul. Remember the example that I gave you way back when of the ocean water, right? The ocean water, and what does the ocean water have in it? There's water and there's salt. So which is more ocean water, the salt or the hydrogen and oxygen molecules that make up the water? Well, they're both the ocean water. They go together. They're both the same thing in terms of being ocean water, but they're very different in terms of being Right? One is flowing liquid and one is a solid. Right? It's just that at a certain point, the liquid is overwhelming the solid. But at a different point, if, like, say, you put a puddle of uh, ocean water or a bucket of ocean water in the sun, what's going to happen? It's going to evaporate. It's going to evaporate. And what's going to happen? You're going to be left with a lot of salt. That's called sea salt. That's how they make sea salt. It's all in the sun. I don't know if the salt will be there either. Of course, that's how, how do you think they make sea salt, right? So you could so, just your backyard. Well, in my backyard, there's not there's no ocean, but ocean. yes, if you took water from the ocean, that's that's how that's how it works. Anyone that ever had a uh, uh, saltwater aquarium, right? Oh, that's exactly how you make it. What? You leave it outside. I thought you meant like literally dumping it onto the sun, like going up no. into space. No. <laughs> no. So, so the idea here is that there's in in Hashem. There's the Koyach and the Koyach Remember we talked about it. We talked about it. Before the Tzimtzum, we're saying that, right, there's the Koyach HaGvul, Koyach HaBligvul, right? There's different levels. But we're talking about the same two products in each stage. They're just called by different names. So you have, before the, before the Tzimtzum, you have what is known as the Koyach and Koyach Right? You have... In terms of all of a sudden you have a tzimtzum, right, in the light. So the light gets sucked up. And what are you left with? Yeah. So, which is known as what? What do we call that at the time of the of the tzimtzum? Okay. Not the kalim. We don't call it kalim yet. Good, good possibility, but it's called the rishima, right? The rishima are the traces of the kayachagvul, which are left behind. Then we have to put kayachabligvul back into it. Yeah, back into this Kayachagvul. 
that becomes the kav, which is going back in. Now that we're creating something called the ak, which is the first creation, the first world after the tzimtzum, right? Now we're going to call it by two different names. We're going to call it or and kalim. That's right. We're going to call it or and kalim. But it's the same concept. We're constantly talking about two things playing off each other. Number one, kayach agvul. Number two, kayach abligvul. So which is more Hashem? Kayach agvul or kayach abligvul? Both Hashem. Both Hashem. Which is more Hashem, or or Kaili? They're both Hashem. Both Hashem. Right? So as we're coming down further and further into the lower worlds, right, the Kaili is becoming more dominant and the or is becoming less <coughs> dominant. Right? That's what's going on here. So when you're going back up into Ak, for example, so therefore the or was much more dominant. In Atzilus, the or and the Kaili are equal. In dominance. As it says in, in the Zayar. And then when it gets into the words of Briya what do you have as more dominant is the Kali, which is the concept of Yesh. Right? All of a sudden in the world of Briya, you have a, something called a Malach. So when you have Malach Michal, who's the Kayach of, is the, is the Malach of Chesed in Briya, in comparison to the Sphira of Chesed in Atzilus. They're both ultimate expressions of chesed, but one is a yesh, right? Even though it's not a yesh like you and me, a yesh. But Malach Michal is a yesh. It has its own independent existence, right? Called Malach Michal. Are you with me? Masha'in came, when you're talking about chesed of atzilus, that's a sphere of atzilus. It's not its own yesh. It's, it's elokus, right? There's no yesh there. But now, in the world of Bria, or the world of Yitzir, or even in the world of Asiya, if you're using Kalim, and the Kali is becoming more dominant, does that mean that there's less Hashem or more Hashem? Same. The same, exactly. Trick question. The same. Because who is the Kali? Hashem. Who is the Or? Hashem. So all that we're seeing down here is more Kali than Or, and more Kaylee that makes it look as though it's its own independent existence. But, but in actuality, in reality, it's as much Hashem as the Or is Hashem. That's the point that he's bringing out. So when you're looking at the meditation, we'll conclude with this for today. When you're looking at the meditation of Birchas Kriyashma, what we're focusing in on is not the disparity of the creation, and how many creations that there are, and how the world is being created, Yeshmi Ayin, and all this stuff. No, what we're focusing on is that the Kali and the Or are all one. Which is more Hashem, Gvura or Chesed? The same. Which is more you, your right hand or your left hand? Right. <laughs> exactly. All right, yeah. Questions. Yeah, what? So if everything is Hashem, what difference does doing anything make? Good question. Oh, Very good question. Next class. Yes. Uh, um, two questions. First yeah. of all, from Kriyashma, no I see as if, as if it's talking about, I realized that yesterday. Yeah. It's like, as, as if, as He's not paying attention to Kriyashma.